from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. This was totally different, but yet it had the same quality of the whole time I'm reading it, I have a smile on my face. Whatever she's writing about, even if I'm not interested in it at all, it's always fascinating. There's humor, but there's also wake up people (laughs) a little bit in the book. So it walks that line. It does. It certainly does address the culture of the Midwest for better or for worse. For better or for worse. (laughs) I'm Sarah Fenske. The number of books being published each year is on the rise. Hundreds of thousands of books are published in the U.S. each year. That's not an exaggeration. And the problem is that many of them aren't very good. So what should you be reading as winter envelops us in darkness? And what should you gift the reader in your life? Well, our guests today have some answers to those questions. Jennifer Alexander is a collection development specialist for St. Louis County Libraries. She's previously joined us to share her top 10 list with us, and she's back to do that today. Jennifer, welcome back. Hi, thank you. And we're also joined today by Kathy Condon-Betcher. She's the manager of fiction, film, and music at St. Louis Public Library's Central Library Branch. Kathy, welcome. Thank you for having me. So 2021 was a tough year in so many ways. I have a question for both of you, and that is, was it a good year for literature? Jennifer, since you've been here before, I'm going (laughs) to put this to you first. Did we have a lot of good books coming out this year? We did have a lot of good books coming out. There were a lot of books from big authors that people have been waiting for for a long time, like Jonathan Franzen and uh, Lorne Groff. And Um, And a lot of things had been pushed back because of the pandemic. So we got a lot of the books that had been pushed back from before. So, Kathy, this was almost maybe a particularly good year for literature. I think so. Yeah, I think there's always an opportunity to tell new stories. And there's certainly been a lot of... Content. <laughs> a lot of content. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so there is so much content out there. And in your jobs, you come face to face with so much of it. Um, Kathy, was it a hard exercise to come up with your best new books of the year, as, as we've asked you both to do? Yes, it was. There's there's really a lot that's great out there. And there's something for every reader. So I, I feel like I had a hard time kind of going broad and not just talking about the stuff that only I read. Yeah, to think about like what would truly be something, even if it's not your favorite pick, that Mm -hmm. that would work for somebody else. Jennifer, you're now an old pro at doing (laughs) this. (laughs) I got to ask, what was your top new fiction book? If you had to choose just one of the books on your list, and I should note while you mull that question, we now have their complete list for both of these librarians. These are online. Um, You can find them at stlonair.show if you want to just cut straight to the chase here. What's tops on your list? I think for fiction, my favorite was probably The Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolls. And uh, so many readers loved A Gentleman uh, in Moscow. And this was totally different, but yet it had the same quality of the whole time I'm reading it, I have a smile on my face. It was just a great adventure story that was very heartwarming, a couple of brothers, and it had uh, quirky characters and lots of action, and it was all very deep as well. So, mm. <laughs> wow, that is a rave right there. Yeah. yeah, Kathy, what was your top fiction this year? My my top fiction is uh, the Sujata Masi series, The Bombay Prince. I just love this series. I started it. Gosh, 
maybe only a few months ago and tore through them. And I was glad that there was a new, new one to read. So these are set in 1920s India, and it's based on a real life, the first female lawyer in India at that time. And uh, so, of course, you know, in, in the books, the mysteries are much more uh, dramatic than they might have been for the real person. But it's great to read about the time and the food and the culture and the different religions. They just really, really draw you in. And Kathy, you mentioned this was a series. Sometimes I like to embark on a series knowing, ah, like this is something I can immerse (laughs) myself in. Are there a lot of books in this series at this point? This is only the third one. So to me, that's exciting. That means hopefully there will be many, many more to come. You like to be along for the ride. I do. See, I kind of like to find the series where there's already 20 because that's like, (laughs) oh, this will keep me busy for a long time. (laughs) So those two books there, that was The Lincoln Highway by Amor Towles. And that was, oh, I'm going to bungle this name. Can you, uh, it's the Bombay Prince, uh, the author's name? Sujata Massey. And again, if you want to check out the complete list from our two librarian guests, you can find that in addition to being on our website. You can also go to Twitter. And if you go to at STL on air, you can find the list there. We're curious to hear the best new book you've read this year. We're particularly looking for books that came out in 2021. We'll also take some 2020s. Let's face it, those are still (laughs) new books. But we're going to open the phone lines. You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpr.org. Now, we also put this question to people on social media. Uh, Tori says on Twitter, I really liked beautiful Country, a memoir by Keen Julie Wang. She writes, best book I've read in 2021, just captivating and incredibly well-written. She has a way with words that gave me goosebumps. So as we're talking about memoirs, uh, Kathy, I noted that you had a couple of memoirs on your list. One of them was Tammy Duckworth's. Yeah, what a, what an inspirational story, wasn't that? Yeah, she's, uh, of course, an, a senator, and she's a, a uh, veteran, and she lost the use of her limbs in, in an explosion. And the book is very straightforward. She's not a person who feels sorry for herself. Um, she's a person that powers through. And, and what an inspirational story. So, Kathy, so many books that are written by politicians. I am just rolling my eyes because it's so clear, one, that they had a ghostwriter, and two, that they are just trying not to offend anybody because they're thinking about that next run for higher office doesn't always lead to the most interesting book. Was either of those, do you think, the case based on reading this for Tammy Duckworth? I don't think so, no. I mean, we know what her politics are, but she really wanted to tell her life story. And and to to share her strength, and I think that was really the focus of the book. You had another memoir on here. This is Dave Grohl's memoir. It's called The Storyteller: Tales of Life and Music. What what makes this one a good read? Uh, you know, um, everybody loves Dave Grohl. He's as as uh, really well known as the nicest man in the music business. And so I think it's kind of nice to read a story that isn't crazy and isn't wild, even though it's from a band and, and a man that you think of as crazy and wild. Um, it's it's really more sort of sweet and heartwarming. <laughs> it, of course, parts of it are not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about Nirvana and we're talking about Kurt Cobain. But he's he's a guy that is just kind of one of those, I can't believe I'm this lucky. 
And that's that's kind of a nice way to read that and not get into the dirt of, of the music business sometimes. So that is The Storyteller, Tales of Life and Music by Dave Grohl. Um, Jennifer, I'm curious, one of your nonfiction selections, this is by George Saunders. It's called A Swim in a Pond in the Rain, in which four Russians give a master class on writing, reading, and life. This sounds like a very unusual nonfiction book. It is. Uh, Kathy and I were chatting about this earlier. This is actually my favorite book of 2021 for the whole year. But I forgot it was 2021 because it was from January. Um, So in this book, he presents Russian short stories. Many of them you've probably already read, you know, from Chekhov and Gogol. But he's basically being an English professor. He presents the story full text, and then he writes about it. And he points out things. Did you notice this? This character is symbolizing that. And in the first story, he actually presents it page by page. So you read a page and then you discuss it. You know, he talks about it. And it's really beautiful. And people who love George Saunders will love this book. And people who have never heard of George Saunders would love this book. And it's very... um, It'll introduce you to this literature that you might not understand if you read it on your own. So Wow, well, that's a rave from Jennifer Alexander. That's A Swim in a Pond in the Rain by George Sanders, her very favorite book of the year. <laughs> and you've been sitting with this one for a while. came out in January. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go to the phone lines. Tammy is calling from St. Louis. Uh, Tammy, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Uh, Tammy? Oh, can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Tell me, what's your book? Uh, my book is uh, Paradise on Fire. It's a children's book by um, Jewel Parker Rose. It's about uh, kids that get stuck in a forest fire in California. And, and what made this so good? Uh, because it's um, the kids were African-Americans, and you don't hear a lot about African-Americans, you know, in nature or, you know, outside. And so it, was, it talked about climate change. And it talked about survival and friendship. Hmm. And so um, it, was, it was my best book of uh, my favorite one of this year. And Tammy, you mentioned it's a children's book. Is that young adult? This is something that a, a, an adult could enjoy as well or more of a picture book? Um, it's what, it's a, like a chapter book and an adult could enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that is great to hear. Well, that is a recommendation from Tammy. It's called Paradise on Fire by Jewel Parker Rhodes. And we're interested to hear your recommendation. You can join our conversation at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Um, on the nonfiction front, we heard from Keith on Twitter. He says, easy choice for me, a quantum life, my unlikely journey from the street to the stars. This is by Hakeem Old you say ye, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. He says it's amazing, entertaining, and motivating. Jim writes, Reign of Terror by Spencer Ackerman was the best thing I've read in a while. It was totally disturbing, but I couldn't <laughs> stop reading it. Hearing that description, Kathy, I was struck by that because there are so many nonfiction books. I've read a lot of books about Jonestown, for example, where I'm just turning these pages going, no, please don't drink the poison. Don't keep following this madman. But it's almost even more compelling when it's nonfiction because people did and you know people do I think so I, I think that's kind of you know you read a nonfiction book knowing a little a little bit about the topic so you, you know what you're going into as you read it um, but yeah sometimes it does really make you 
turn the pages. I read one about uh, the Donner Party. Oh, know? wow. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, equally yeah. horrifying. It was horrifying, as horrifying as expected. But I did learn a lot um, and, and you know, feel like a smarter person having read it. Jennifer, do you have that same reaction as you're reading a, a book in horror? <laughs> yes. I think that there are a lot of nonfiction books where you know the bad thing at the end of the book, but uh, it's pointing it out so uh, slowly, each thing that leads up to it, this person contributed, this person contributed. So, yeah. So, um, Kathy, you recommend on the nonfiction front, um, Trejo. It's My Life of Crime, Redemption, and Hollywood by Danny Trejo. Tell me, what about this book was so good? I don't know. I, I still don't know exactly what made me pick the book up because I don't care that much about Hollywood and I'm not like a huge Trejo fan. I I know him. I You know, he's recognizable, of course, one of the most recognizable faces in Hollywood. I think I liked the idea that it probably wouldn't be dishy, um, that there wouldn't be a lot of gossip about celebrities. And it wasn't. You know, um, I really liked the story of his life before Hollywood. He had a really rough life. He grew up in an abusive family. He was addicted to drugs. He was committing crimes. Um, And he turned it all around well before he became famous. And, uh, you know, kind of almost walked backwards into fame. Uh, You know, he was just lucky to be an extra in film and uh, realized he was a great actor. And it was just this great story and really only just a little tiny bit of name dropping, not a whole lot of name dropping. (laughs) Not too much name dropping. That is important for those Hollywood memoirs. That's Trejo, My Life of Crime, Redemption in Hollywood by, of course, Danny Trejo. On a completely different nonfiction note, it's fascinating how nonfiction really can run the gamut. Jennifer, you're recommending Fuzz, When Nature Breaks the Law by Mary Roach. Right. So Mary Roach is known for these uh, sort of popular science books where she investigates things and is not afraid of going into maybe gross bodily functions and whatnot. But that's her whole brand yeah, at this that's point. Right, that's right. Well, this one is about um, how humans interacting with animals and plants, but mostly animals, and how they try to manage it, even though it can't really be managed. And so the whole opening, the preface, I believe, she's talking about all the times that people have passed laws against animals. Like, it shall be unlawful for bears to enter into this. And, you know, they don't listen. And so she goes through where she learns how to investigate animal attacks, like what to do physically, like how they investigate it. And she cites several things where humans blamed murders on animals, but then it was actually, you know, humans. And so it's a really funny, uh, weird book all about uh, animals and humans. <laughs> Mary Roach is just always a good read. Oh, I know. So funny. Whatever she's writing about, even if I'm not interested in it at all, right. it, it's always fascinating. So that is Fuzz, When Nature Breaks the Law. And that actually reminds me of a recommendation that came in through our St. Louis on the Air Facebook group. Um, and if you're interested in seeing recommendations there or adding yours to the conversation, you can just search for St. Louis on the Air on Facebook. If you answer a few questions, we just want to prove that um, you're not a troll, you're not an e Um, But Shannon said there that she recommends Why Fish Don't Exist by Lulu Miller. Shannon says it really caused me to expand my thinking and not just about fish. This was actually a late 2020 book, but I will allow it. I'm reading what Goodreads said about it. They said part biography, part memoir, part scientific adventure. Why Fish
wish don't exist reads like a fable about how to persevere in a world where chaos will always prevail. If that doesn't sound like the self-help book we all need right now, <laughs> that is why fish don't exist. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, David is calling from South St. Louis County. Uh, David, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, my favorite book of 2021 was Once Upon a Wardrobe by Pally, Patty Callahan. It's a historical fiction about a boy that reads the C.S. Lewis book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, set in the 1950s. And he asks his sister to find out if Aslan, the lion, is real and where he came from, because she goes to Oxford College and C.S. Lewis is teaching there. So it's kind of about this adventure of his sister trying to find out the truth behind the Chronicles of Narnia for her little brother. So, David, this book sounds great, but I feel like for somebody who's a true Narnia fan, it's going to be so hard to just get that tone perfect, get all the details perfect. Do you feel like this book measures up even for someone who's obsessed with C.S. Lewis? Yeah, because it, it, the, um, they actually researched a lot of uh, unknown stories about C.S. Lewis's life that come out throughout the book that I found really fascinating and interesting. And as you read the book, you'll find that the answers that you're looking for may not always come in the way that you expect. So I don't think that it ruins anything for a C.S. Lewis fan. Well, David, that is a great recommendation. That is Once Upon a Wardrobe by Patty Callahan, if people are interested. This sounds like the perfect book to get the C.S. Lewis lover in your life. I'm making a note of this for my Christmas list. I have a whole bunch of family members who love that. And again, our phone lines are open if you want to join us, 314-382-8255. We also heard from Brendan and Amy on Twitter. They both recommend We Do This Till We Free Us, um, Abolitionist Organizing and Transforming Justice by Maryam Cobb. Uh, Brendan says it's, quote, full of the kind of wisdom that comes from steadfastly doing the work for a long, long time. On that social justice front, Kathy, you had a book on your list that sounds like maybe a more lighthearted look at some of these issues. This is called You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey, Crazy Stories About Racism. Uh, this is by Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. What is this about? Oh, this is, it's as humorous as you can get about the everyday racism that particularly black women face. And so it is the funny stories that happen to Amber Ruffin's sister. So Amber Ruffin is a comedy writer. She's in New York, but her sister still lives in the Midwest and experiences all kinds of just insane things on the daily. And so there's there's humor, but there's also wake up people mm. <laughs> a little bit in the book. So it walks that line. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a really enjoyable, funny read. And so that, again, uh, where did I put the name of that book? I want to make sure to highlight that. That is uh, You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey. That's by Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. Yes. Okay. I also want to talk about local reads here. On Twitter, Eileen recommends Gateway Gas by Sylvester Brown Jr. He's a longtime journalist, really talented guy, has been a guest on this show. Eileen says it's a mystery set in St. Louis, and it has a lot of local references. Jennifer, on the local front, you recommend Wrestling at the Chase by Ed Wheatley. Ed <laughs> has also been a guest on this show. Great guy. What did you enjoy about this book? Were you a big fan of, of Wrestling at the Chase? No, I have to confess, I'm like largely unfamiliar with the contents of this book, like the names I don't recognize and such. But 
just knowing about wrestling at the Chase, the combination of the fancy hotel with uh, professional wrestling, I always found that really charming. And I had no idea for how long it went on from 1959 to 1983. And so that was a shock to me because I knew about it, but I didn't know what a big deal it was. This was my favorite of Ed's books as well. And I am not like you. I couldn't care less about wrestling. Just the idea of all these St. Louisans getting all dolled up (laughs) to go watch people pretend to wrestle each other. Like I just, I loved some of the details there. Right. And it's, and it's a big format book, lots of great pictures, and it's just a fun thing to have out on the coffee table. (laughs) And Kathy, you recommend another author who I consider local. He now lives in New York City, but his roots are in Missouri. These novellas are set in Missouri. Again, has also been a guest on this show, Scott Alexander Hess. His uh, novellas are The Root of Everything and Lightning. What about these books got your attention? I had not heard of him and, and until very recently, and I really love, I like a novella. I think they are great for short attention span folks like myself. I think right now I'm having a hard time focusing um, on a long book during the pandemic, so I really like the idea of reading a short novella, and I was only able to get to The Root of Light, uh, The Root of Everything first. I didn't get to the second novella, but The Root of Everything is just this great epic story um, of coming to St. Louis, the immigrant experience, and and then the modern experience of a young gay man, and just just a wonderful, great family story. I really enjoyed reading it, and I the, the writing to me is just lush and, and really well done. I, I just loved it. So that is The Root of Everything and Lightning, uh, two novellas in the same volume. That's by Scott Alexander Hess. Jennifer, as we're thinking about the pandemic, which we seem to constantly be thinking about here, I want to go back to a fiction that I think of, at least, as pandemic fiction. Haven't read it yet. Our Country Friends. Uh, and uh, Gary Steingart? I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this book. Yes. Total disclaimer. If you're not ready to read yet about quarantine and, you know, shelter in place, all that stuff, don't read this yet. But um, it's worth it when you feel better. Um Steingart is good at combining uh, comedy and tragedy. So he'll take a sort of sad story, but then show the funny parts of it. And this is a story about a group of friends in a country estate outside of New York City where there's little bungalows and they're all staying together. And so all of their old grievances come out in their competition with each other and, you know, new romances, old romances. And so uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's also a pandemic book. So A pandemic book. Well, if you're ready for that, <laughs> Our Country Friends by Gary Steingart. Um, one other piece of fiction that I want to recommend here is something that, um, Kathy, you have brought with you today. This is Crossroads. Jonathan Franzen, I, again, I count him as a local author. I know he I has do. mixed feelings about St. Louis, <laughs> but he is from here, and that really informs so much of his work, including, I'm told, this novel, that this might have been based on something that happened in Webster Groves. We're going to claim him as a local author, whether <laughs> whether he wants it or not. Yeah, and unfortunately, I have not had a chance to read this one. This is on my to-be-read list. But yeah, that's what I understand as well. It's, it's another family epic kind of tale, um, and it certainly does address the culture of the Midwest, for better or for worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> so that is Crossroads by Jonathan Franzen. So as we're all thinking about what we want to read here, again, I want to refer you to the lists put together by our two guests today. You can find those on Twitter, at STL on Air. Uh, you can also find them on our website, and uh, that is stlonair.show. Jennifer, we, you gave, uh, St. Louis County gave us some numbers, and it turns out that there were 6.4 
uh, million books that were circulated throughout the year so far. I'm curious, is that an increase? Are people reading more during this pandemic? Well, we're seeing a gradual increase in circulation month by month. We are not back to where we were uh, pre-pandemic, but it is it is coming back from the shutdown. So um, people are reading a lot, and a lot of that has moved over to eBooks, and I think those numbers also include audiobooks as well. I think that's right. Yeah, that's the that's the print circulation plus audiobooks yeah. and ebooks alone. Two point six million right. at this point. Well, we really because of the pandemic, like during the shutdown, we uh, beefed up that collection a lot. So there's been a lot more resources you know, going into that so that more people have access. I think some people who weren't reading ebooks before now are. So mm-hmm. so lending is, is rising. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a good book. People need a good book for Christmas. Again, you're going to find those lists. Um, you can also go to our Facebook group. That's St. Louis on the Air. Just search for that on Facebook, and you can find these lists by both librarians. We have that published now. So Jennifer Alexander, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And Jennifer is a collection development specialist for the St. Louis County Library. She's become one of our go-to librarians here and then making her debut as a go-to librarian. uh, Kathy Condon-Betcher, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering by Aaron Doerr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. It was mixed and edited by Jane. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.